Good morning, good afternoon, and good day, wherever you may be joining us from. Welcome to another edition of Sales TV Live. Today, we're transforming technical complexity into sales wins. I'm joined by Neil Thompson. Neil is founder of Teach the Geek and an adept presentation skills speaker and trainer. An engineer turned presentation guru, Neil will share his insights on mastering technical presentations, especially for presenting to a non-technical audience. I'm also joined today by my uh, partner in crime, Adam Gray. Neil, thank you for joining us and welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Neil, please tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your journey and where you are today. Sure. I became an engineer because my father thought I should. After, <laughs> I after I graduated high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And he said, do engineering. And I said, all right, engineering it is. So I got a degree in engineering. And then he said, go do a master's in engineering. And I said, all right, master's it is. And then he said, go do a PhD in engineering. And I said, all right. I got through maybe the first year. And then I decided, well, maybe not so all right. <laughs> it turns out I, I didn't really want to go through the entire PhD program. So I, I dropped out after that first year. And then it took me about seven months to find my first job. And I was working as a research associate at a startup company. And it was it was cool. I, I liked it. I did a lot of work in a lab. And I didn't have to do any presentations in front of anybody. Anything that I generated from the lab, it was my boss who would do the presenting in front of anyone. And I didn't mind that arrangement. It wasn't until my second job where I was working at a spine company that, that I actually had to give presentations in front of people. And that wasn't even the case at first. At first, I was doing work that was very similar to that first job. But it was then I was brought into my boss's office, and he said that I was going to be a project lead. Well, what's a project lead? Well, the company at the time didn't have project managers. So that responsibility was given to the product development engineers like I, like, like, like I was. And one of those responsibilities was giving presentations in front of senior management on a monthly basis. And those first few presentations that I gave were absolutely horrendous. I did not know it was possible to sweat that profusely from one's body while while speaking in, in front of people or just by existing. And But it, it, it stayed that way for quite some time until I realized that maybe this is something I need to get better at. Actually, the reason I, I decided to get better at giving presentations was because my project got canceled. Once that happened, I, that's when that was a real wake-up call that I needed. And you know, up until that point, the presentations weren't all that great. And I think the main reason was I was getting questions after the presentation that I thought I'd answer during it, but <laughs> turns out I didn't. So, <laughs> so what what I ended up doing, what from from you know getting that that wake-up call to know that giving presentations is something I need to get better at, is I joined Toastmasters. It's an international organization with with chapters all over the world. And it's, it offers a great form to practice your public speaking skills. And I also looked for various opportunities within the company just to speak in front of people to, to up my skills. So I basically, I got bet, a lot better at presenting in front of people, especially non-technical people. And so now with Teach the Geek, I help people like myself, people that are engineers, scientists, those in the technical field who see the need to get better at presenting in front of others. And I help them with that. Excellent. So I, I want to jump right into it. Why do you think technical professions, professionals 
often face challenges when presenting. I mean, they tend to be really smart guys and gals. What's, what's yeah. the challenge? I think the biggest challenge is the, the there's an empathy piece. We weren't always the technical people that we are. I mean, as I mentioned, I became an engineer because my father said I should. But up until that point, I wasn't a technical person. And even while I was going through school, I wouldn't I wouldn't have considered myself a technical person yet because I didn't have the work experience. But then once you get a few years under your belt, you know, you feel really good about yourself, about your your technical acumen. It's it can be really difficult to harken back to the days when you weren't that technical person and prepare presentations that would be appealing to those who are non-technical. You just assume that other people will get what you're saying with your technical mind and your technical expertise. But oftentimes, especially if you're speaking to a non-technical audience, that's just not the case. They will tune out. They'll do all other kinds of things. Hopefully, they don't fall asleep on you, but that could happen too. <laughs> but if you're, if you're presenting things in a way that people can't really take in, then you've basically wasted your time, you wasted their time. And and I think that's that's the biggest key is just meeting people where they are and realizing that they're not technical like you are. So you're gonna to have to present in a way that they can understand. So let's assume that I'm I'm standing up to speak to an audience and I'm fairly technical in my knowledge and my day job. Uh, what are the what are the signs? that my presentation isn't working? Because you said it's an empathy, there's a lacking empathy thing. And the problem is that people who lack empathy often would view the fact that the audience are not responding and laughing in the right places and all of that stuff uh, because the audience is, they're not listening or they're stupid or they don't understand it or they're not paying attention or whatever. So so what are the, what are the kind of triggers for me to think, right, I need to think differently about how I'm presenting? Uh, really is is it's afterwards. I think is a big it's a big key. I mean, I mentioned earlier, if you're getting questions afterwards that you thought you'd answer during the presentation. Well, that's just a sign that the people that are in the audience didn't catch it. And if they didn't catch it, you have to ask yourself why. Certainly, you could say, well, they're idiots. But I mean, how often can you can you say that for every presentation that you give, everybody's an idiot? Really? I mean, <laughs> I su I suppose it's potentially possible, I guess, but highly unlikely. And then. Another 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 telltale sign is people aren't looking at you. I, mean, I was just at a conference recently, and it, it, it was a technical conference, and it astounded me how often the people who were speaking were not looking at the audience. They were looking at their screen because they were reading what was on the slides. And when you look at the screen, you're not looking at the audience. Well, the audience has no reason to look at you. And if they're not looking at you, where are they looking at? They're looking at the floor, they're looking at their phones, they're looking at other people, they're looking at the sky, they're looking everywhere. And when they're doing that, they're less likely to listen to what you're saying. And then again, well, what was the point of me sitting down here in the first place? Well, it's a, it a comfortable chair, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe that's it. But if it, the point was to actually get what the person was saying, well, then you've missed the mark and you've, you've missed out on an opportunity. We have a couple of comments from the audience. I wanted to make sure that we highlighted. Uh, Bob Britton, a regular fan of the show, uh, and a uh, featured guest shares, uh, bingo, tech sellers over-rotate on IQ and miss any application of EQ. Absolutely, Bob. Thank you for that. And we have uh, Melanie Flores, who says, some signs, uh, camera turned off or turned on, or if turned on, they're clearly multitasking. Most definitely. So with that what's the key to 
simplifying the complex technical details? What are the, the steps that we should take to do something like that? I think a, a big issue or an easy way to, to get around that is to use words that people actually understand. There's a lot of technical jargon that people can use that other people within their field would understand perfectly well. But if you're talking to a non-technical audience, they may not understand it at all. I can remember a time when I was in an audience. So I'm the person looking at the, listening to the presentation. It was a presentation on marketing. And I worked as a product development engineer for a number of years. I didn't have any marketing experience. So everything was new to me for this presentation. And they're using a whole lot of terms that I didn't understand. And I was like anyone else was struggling with what was being said. So I, I was not all that interested in putting up my hand asking, what does downstream marketing mean? What does upstream marketing mean? What's the difference? I didn't want to look like a fool in front of people. But it, perhaps if they at least explained what these terms, I would have been able to grasp the, con the concepts or the, the presentation a lot better and not thought that the presentation was a waste of my time. So basically using words that other people would understand, I think is an excellent way to, to make to make these presentations more effective, especially for non-technical audiences. That's a real challenge though, isn't it? I mean, how can a technical expert, whether it's an engineer or a marketing subject matter expert, how can they strike the perfect balance between providing enough technical details to be credible and keeping it simple enough for all audiences to understand. Yeah, you're, you're right. There certainly is a, a difficulty in that. You have to really know who, who the people in the audience are and, and what they're, and what, 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 the, what they know. Well, at least I get a, a sense about what they know. And back when I used to give presentations in front of non-technical audiences, I mentioned I had to give presentations in front of senior management. What I often would do was I'd go to their administrative assistants and I'd ask them, what kind of information can I present in this presentation that would be of use to your boss? And, and what would be the best way for me to put it out there for that person to actually understand what I'm saying? And a lot of times, because they work so closely with that person, they'd be able to give you some insights as to how you could present your presentation to make it useful to that person. And that's basically do your best to include that information in the in the presentation and you get a lot more people listening as opposed to doing other things actually that's brilliant and that's not just for a technical presentation i think any seller can really apply that ask right <laughs> ask and ask like their administrative assistant or or ask around and get information beforehand and then do the presentation I don't know that enough of us do that. And it's one of those things that when you hear it, you think, oh, of course. But until you hear it, you never really think of it. That's excellent. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, I, it certainly wasn't something that I thought to do initially. When I first started getting those presentations, I would slap a bunch of slides together and, and get up there and read them. And, and I mentioned earlier, what happened, if you're just reading slides, you're not looking at the audience. And if you're reading slides, that, that's, it's more likely that they might be reading the slides as well. And they could read and listen at the same time. Probably not. They're going to pick one or the other. And likely they're going to pick the reading. And then once they've done reading, they might be thinking to themselves, oh, you could have just sent me these slides. Why do I actually have to sit here and listen to you read? I mean, I, I read just as well. I could read just as well as you can. So and follow 
You can read yeah, exactly. it and I can read it to you. Yeah. 100%. So now, they're, they're, as I said, they're making that choice as to whether they, they, they listen or read. And ultimately, you, you want to engage in, in speaking, not public speaking, not public reading. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I always find it really, uh, really humorous when I go to a presentation and someone is, and they say, uh, I don't know if you can, you probably can't read that at the back. <laughs> well, seeing as you're the one that created the slides and you knew you were going to be speaking you should have made it so that people at the back could read it if you wanted them to be able to read it and it's this kind of it, it's almost like and i think it's not just technical people although particularly technical people you know engineers they're they're from a different planet from people that are non-engineers but it, it's it, it's like you're almost talking to yourself isn't it rather than talking to the audience Oh, 100%, Adam. And, you know, I, I mentioned that I went to a conference not too long ago, and that absolutely was the case in many of the presentations. So even if there was text on the slide, certainly the, the presenter could read it because they're looking at their screen. They're looking at a monitor. But if you're somebody in the audience looking at the big screen, in many cases, you couldn't read what's on the slide. And they said exactly what you said. Well, I know you probably can't read this. Well, why is it on the screen then if I can't read it? Leave it off. <laughs> and another issue I think a lot of us have is we'll cram these texts, I mean, not text, but graphs and tables, you know, these, these, these pictorial or visual aspects of what we want to present, the data on these slides. And especially if you're talking to a non-technical audience, it's really difficult to understand a whole bunch of graphs on one slide. It's like, which one are we looking at? I don't know, what, what does the x-axis say? What does the y-axis say? And you're using your laser pointer and your hand is shaking maybe because you're nervous. So you don't even know which, which graph they're pointing at. It's, it's just, it, it's a mess. It's, we really need to make things more simple for people. So that actually leads me to a question about uh, visual aids. So what role do visual aids, graphs and such play in enhancing the effectiveness of a technical sales presentation? And how can we optimize them? Well, I think they're huge because I mentioned, you know, a lot of times people will put a whole lot of text on the slide and people will then, or the people in the audience will read as opposed to listen. But if you have graphs, they don't have that option to read. So either they're going to listen or ignore you. And hopefully you're engaging enough to have them listen. But hopefully, you, I mean, at least in that sense, you don't have the slides to read off of. So you have to look somewhere. So you might as well look at the audience. So, and if you're going to look at the audience, well, then they're more likely to look at you. So I'm a big fan of, of graphs and tables. One thing I would say about them is that a lot of times you might have a graph on the slide and the person, the people in the audience may not know what's the significance of that graph. So I'm a big fan of using a title that conveys the what you want the people to take away from that graph. So they don't have to think too hard about what's why this graph is there. Certainly you're going to be talking about it, but if they can see in the title exactly what this graph is, what, what they want you to take away from it, well, now you've made it easier for them to take in the presentation and they're way more likely to take in the rest of the presentation. I think that a great uh, a great example of that point is uh, Sean Aker did a TED talk, been seen like 30 million times. And uh, it's a very humorous TED talk called The Happiness Advantage. And he says, uh, I was always told that I should never begin my presentation with a graph. So I'd like to begin my presentation with a graph and puts a graph up on the screen. And it's it's a nonsense graph. Uh, and And his point is almost exactly what you said which is um you know if you want somebody to take something from it 
you have to lead them by the hand and explain exactly what it is you want them to learn from that thing you're showing. I think he might have frozen. Hey, well, he's in San Diego. It's cold at this time of year. <laughs> uh, what else came of that TED Talk? Uh, well, it is the funniest TED Talk that I've ever seen. And uh, But I, I think that in many of these really great TED Talks, uh, you know, it is the ultimate expression of good presenting by good presenters about great topics that they are trying to simplify for a clever but not on the same page as them audience and i think that that's uh there's something to be learned in terms of brushing up your presentation skills from watching all of those people present isn't there almost definitely uh, i was just talking with somebody this morning about presentations he's uh preparing um to pitch his first presentation and uh he was talking with me about being nervous and i said you absolutely should be nervous when you're going on stage mm. oh neil is back excellent i'm sorry about that guys i had an issue with my, my laptop yeah no sweat no sweat welcome back thank you so uh, you were telling us about uh, visual aids and, and things to do and the title at the top and Adam was sharing a, a story regarding a, a TED talk about visual aids. Um, my question follow up is any um, things not to do when it comes to visual aids and, and slides? You know, that's interesting because maybe a few months ago I attended a webinar and the person who was, was talking in the webinar showed a video of them giving a presentation and had a lot of holograms in it. So it was very impressive to, to see these holograms. But then after the end of the presentation of the video being shown, I thought to myself, what was that presentation about? And I couldn't remember. All I, all I remembered was the, the holograms and the, how impressive they were. So, I mean, certainly it, it was impressive to see these holograms, but if it gets into the way of, of what your actual message is, I'd say to, to leave it out because ultimately you want to convey a message, not how cool these holograms are. Right. Uh, less is more. Yeah, unless you're in the business of making holograms for people. <laughs> that's right. In which case, in which case, that works really well. But but yeah, I mean, I I think that's a really that's a really good point. Steve Jobs uh, brilliantly summed this up when he came back to Apple and he gave a talk to everyone about the importance of being simple he said everyone's really busy uh, and we need to be really clear about what we want people to know about us and what we want people to remember about us and it's the same thing with a presentation isn't it you know you've got 20 years experience in your field of expertise so you know far more about it than i will ever know about it so actually to say i know a thousand things and now i'm going to tell you the thousand things guarantees that i'm going to leave the presentation remembering nothing whereas if you say here's the thing I want you to take away from this. At least there's a chance I'll remember it, no matter how daft I am. Yeah, 100%, Ed. I mean, it's just so weird that we that, that would even be something that needs to be said because you've been on that other side. You haven't always been the presenter. You've been that person sitting in the audience. And if someone hits you with those thousand things, I mean, how many of them are you going to remember? But you expect the people in the audience to remember your thousand things because you're that special? Try again. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's funny because I think that from a pres presenting perspective, 
you know, the for many people that have not presented a lot, they get very nervous when they stand up on the stage. So when they're sitting in the audience, they know what I want is the presenter to be really relaxed and really funny and do a really cool talk for me. That's what I want. And yet when they're on stage, I think everyone in the audience is waiting with daggers to jump up on the stage and cut them to pieces if they make the slightest mistake. So they get really scared about it. And trying to remember actually what, what are you looking for when you're in the audience? It's something that invariably people forget, isn't it? Oh yeah, uh, one hundred absolutely, and and so it's, it's so unfortunate. Although, well, you know, when you were talking, Adam, it reminded me of going to to technical talks back when I was in school. And every now and then, you'd get these situations where the person presenting was from one lab, and then they had people from a competing lab in the audience. So those people were hit up with all kinds of questions that to try almost to, to invalidate their research because they're a competing lab. And it's always the, the back and forth would be hilarious, but that's really the minority of, of presentations. I'd say for the for the most part, people don't always want to see you do well. They, they they don't want to see you to they don't want to see you fail because ultimately they're sitting in the audience hoping that you can teach them something or that they didn't know already. So they definitely want to see you do good. I want to come back to the question of questions in just a moment, but before that, for subject matter experts who might be introverted or or less comfortable with public speaking what are your tips for building confidence and presence in front of an audience oh oh yeah that's that's, that's easy for me because i'm an introvert myself um, but although i will say that getting up in front of people and talking about something that i know about that's not that difficult to do certainly i i get nervous beforehand but even if you're nervous that's actually normal and you should be suspicious if you're not nervous actually all it is is a sign that you actually care about the outcome and that you want to do a good job. But but, but ultimately, when it comes to just getting the confidence to, to give these types of presentations, don't try to talk about things you don't know all that much about. I mean, there's certainly in instances where perhaps you're in a uh, in a situation where that's necessary to do. I mean, when I, I mentioned that I was in Toastmasters, and one of the aspects of Toastmasters in every meeting is what's called table topics. So you'll be asked a question that you didn't prepare for, and you're asked to, to speak about it for typically a minute or two. And that really helps in getting those reps and just being comfortable talking about something that you didn't prepare for. But ultimately, if you're giving presentations, especially in companies and especially in front of non-technical audiences, do your best to speak about things you actually know know about. And, and, uh, and then and to, to add to that, put, it as, put, put what you're saying in such a way that the people that are in the audience can understand and, and they're very, and they'll be way more likely to listen. And back to the question of questions: How should sales engineers and the like prepare for and handle any highly technical questions during a presentation, especially when they might not have all of the answers on the spot? Be comfortable saying you don't know. I remember when I first started giving presentations. I, as a technical expert, I thought that I had to have the answers to all the questions. And it wasn't until I, I answered the question once and there was someone in the audience that knew a bit about the, the what I was talking about and knew that I was wrong and called me out on it, that I realized that that's not the way to go. I think people would, would be way more appreciative of the fact that you saying that you don't know and will find out the answer because it shows that you're honest. You're not just somebody that's just gonna, gonna speak on things and, and, and act like they know the answers to all questions. I mean, who does? 
just so ultimately when it comes down to it just be comfortable saying you don't know but you'll find out the answer you know that's the disney way i worked at disney world for a decade and we were told you can never answer a guest by saying i don't know you don't have to know everything but you can never simply say i don't know you can say i don't know but I will find out or I will follow up or, or whatever the case may be. I, I, I like that approach. Thank you. You're welcome. Any last thoughts about transforming technical complexity? Last thoughts? Well, it's do it. So it's, it's certainly important to do. I mean, you could continue to give presentations full of technical jargon, full of graphs and tables and a lot of text. And then you'll you'll reap the same the same results that you've been reaping most likely if you're just a, a confused audience and a bunch of questions afterwards you thought you had answered. Just take the time to to again have that empathy to realize that the people in the audience aren't at the same level that you are at, and you weren't always at that level either. So prepare your presentations with that in mind. Let the, give people a presentation that is at their level that they could understand and that you could have understand that, that you could have understood back when you weren't technical. Excellent. Uh, Neil, this has been great. Uh, how can people learn more and, and where can they get in touch with you? Sure. So they can go to teachthegeek.com. And I also, I, I have a podcast where I interview people, technical people about their public speaking journeys. And to get to that, you can go to podcast.teachthegeek.com. Excellent. So, we now have a newsletter. Uh, don't miss an episode. Get show highlights, uh, beyond the show insights and reminders of upcoming episodes. You can scan the QR code on screen or visit us at salestv.live and click on newsletter. Uh, this has been another edition of Sales TV Live. On behalf of myself and Adam, to our guest, Neil, to our audience, thank you. This has been another wonderful episode, and we will see you next time. Thank you all. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you.